Praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad to be in the house of God tonight. Thank you so much for those that have joined with us on our live stream and those that are in-house. Thank you so much for being with us uh, in the house of God tonight. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch and minister in our services this afternoon. We do have several connected to the church that are sick. We have had a couple of prayer requests that's been called in even today. I uh, want to keep them in our prayers. If you are in-house and have a prayer request, let me know by lifting your hand. God knows every need. Those that are able, let's all stand. Those that have joined us on live stream, if you have a prayer request, text it to the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. We want to partner together in prayer. Dear kind and gracious heavenly fathers, we come to you today. Again, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, this afternoon, I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in our time of Bible study tonight. You see the prayer requests. You've heard the needs and the situations, Father. We lay them down at your feet and ask you to move in a mighty way this very afternoon. God, you've heard the, you, you see each person that's here tonight, those that are in-house and those that are on live feet alike. I pray, Father, that you'll move in their lives in a mighty way. Touch our kids' class, our teens, our young adults, those that's in the sanctuary, and those that are on live feet. Father, I pray that you would move and minister to each heart and each life. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise and let's worship tonight in song. Amen. If you'll get that hymn book, we're on page 279, a good old song, Oh, I Want to See Him, page 279. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the risen flow, many arrows pierce my soul. From but my Lord leads me on, through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him, look upon his face, then to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. There's no past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night, but I cling more close to him, he will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside, but my Lord goes ahead, please for every time. Oh, I want to see him, look upon his face, then to sing forever. I've been saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares are past, home and last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys low I look toward the mountain high, and behold my Savior there, leading in the fight. With a tender hand I've stretched toward the valley low. Guiding me, I can see as I onward go. Oh, I want to see 
Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated tonight. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Again, thank you so much for being here with us this afternoon. Amen. Uh, Brother Randy, would you go out there? On, it's on this table on the on the left-hand side. There's a table out there in the foyer. On in the foyer, there's those uh, sermon notepads right there. Grab a few of those and hand those out to anybody that wants one tonight. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been we've been talking about we've been looking at talking about digging into this is over the last several weeks we've been talking about digging in looking at uh praying praying effectively that's what this has been all about has been praying praying effectively and so tonight i told i told a couple of weeks ago i told that we we know that in order to know how to pray in order to know how to pray in order how to dig into god's word we've got to we've got to learn how to do it and so over the last several years, I've preached on, talked about, sermons about, all of these things about praying, about seeking God, about praying. We had a, we had a, a whole series, I think it was eight weeks of a series on prayer. We've, we've set up in, in the prayer room over on, on my right-hand side, we set up prayer stations in there where you go in and you would, it's not that set way now, but... It, we, we had prayer stations set up to where you would go in, you pray, you started at the first one, and you prayed about, uh, prayed for the United States government, then the next one it was praying for the state of Alabama, the next one was our city, next one's our county, and so on and so on, different things of where we focused, spent time focused on prayer. Uh, and, you know, we talked about, anytime that you talk about prayer, first prayer, was, if I was to ask you, What's the first prayer that pops in your head out of the Bible? What's the first one you, you think about? The Lord's Prayer. Everybody thinks about the Lord's Prayer. And, and wonderful example, wonderful example. Uh, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is what the, he taught the disciples. This is the prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. And you, I believe I even did a, a sermon on that particular prayer one time. We broke it down. The, if I haven't done that one, sorry, I'll do that one sometime. But the Lord is my prayer, I shall not want. And it goes down through there, and we break that down. We've talked about several things over the last several Wednesday nights about prayer. Well, what we must understand also is, and, and I, last Wednesday I brought this out. This is where we're picking back up. Last Wednesday I brought this out. That Jesus said, I'm going to teach you by example. Now, I'm not exactly, on many things, I'm not the best teacher on teaching how to do something. Uh, I remember back when I worked at the doctor's office, I had to teach. We would hire a new employee, and I had to teach them the software. Had to teach them how to check a patient in at the front desk. Had to teach a, 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 the bill in the billing office, billing clerk, how to do things. And this is literally what I would do. They'd say, okay, show me how to do it. I said, okay, have a seat. No, I want you to show me. No, you have a seat. I'm going to walk you through step by step how to do that. And that, they would, it would really, Brother Kevin, it would really irritate some of those when I would teach them. And I would, I would say, okay, you've got to click here. And this is why you click here. 
this is the menu, this is this, this is it. I would give them, walk them through step by step a lot of stuff, and they'd tell me later, they'd say, I can't do it that way. You've got to, I got you, I got to watch you do it. I've got to watch you do it. And I say, okay, well, let me show you how to check a patient in. And I would do that, and I would do it. Yes, I did this on purpose. I do it at my speed, and it's like, I didn't, I didn't learn a thing by that. I said, no, you can't learn by watching me. I'm too fast. And so I would show them, I'd say, okay, you got to do this, and I would, I would walk them through. I'll, I'll go as slow as you want to. Within two or three days, they've got it figured out. They've, they've learned how to do it. We, can, we learn by watching people do things. Yes, there are some people that learn by watching you do it, and then they do do one, see one, now you've learned it, you've done it. And that's and, and everybody learns in a different fashion, in a different way. I've never said I was the best example of how to teach somebody how to do something. But what we've got to understand is we've, we've got to learn how to pray. We need to know how to pray. I told you all a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I remember at prayer meetings and, and church services, and I would walk around and listen to people praying around the altar, around in their pews, and, and I would just walk around. I know you weren't supposed to do that. I did it anyway. I'd walk around, Brother Larry, I'd walk around, everybody be praying and seeking God, and I'd walk around and listen to those praying. You could listen, to, and, and you learned a lot of what's on their heart when you would listen to others pray. Brother Andy, that was eavesdropping. No, I was listening to people pray, and I was listening to them cry and pour their hearts out to God. I wasn't listening to what their context of their prayer was, but you was listening to how they sought God. You was listening to how they prayed and how they sought God. And it was very, I don't want to say this comical, but it was very comical listening to some of the teenagers or some of the kids to listening to them pray because all they was doing was mimicking their next door neighbor. Uh, Cade's mom and dad has has texted or called me before, and they'd say, "Oh Lord in mercy, Cade just prayed over the food tonight." I said, "Well, what did he do?" They said, "He ended the prayer, Amen and Amen." Does anybody know where he got that from? Okay, it, it's mimicking what you hear, right? You know, and and that's a thought of things. Is Jesus actually taught by example? And so, if you look at, if you take a look in your Bibles to John chapter seventeen. You know, you go back and you look at that. Several things throughout John chapter 17, Jesus actually says the words, I pray. Jesus says those two words. And I, 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 I caught myself counting it uh, here the other day, and, I, thought, and, I, and I, I went off on La La Land, and I didn't go back and count it because I started running, running, running through something. But there's several times in John chapter 17 that Jesus actually says the words, I pray. He didn't tell people, you pray and I'm going to watch. He actually prayed and he actually let them listen to example. But you can go in and you can take a look at, at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36, this is a great verse and it says this. Sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus tells them, he says, y'all hang out here. Y'all sit down, y'all sit here. I'm going over there to pray. So Jesus not only was 
he not only was he teaching them to pray by example, but he also knew that he had to get off by himself to pray. And I think that's one of the big things that we have to learn as Christians is we need to get off by ourselves and pray. You can't just pray just while around others, but you've got to get by yourself and pray. So tonight, I want us, that's why I asked Brother Randy to give out those tonight, because I wanted you to have a place. I want you to write these verses down, and then you go back and you read these. I'm going to read through some of these. I'm going to break some of these down. We're going to look at some of these. But I want you to, I want you to write these verses down, because I want you to go back later, and you look at these, because we need an example of how to pray. So the first one is privately. The first one is privately. We need to learn to pray privately. If I can't pray privately, I can't pray openly. If I can't pray by myself, what makes me think I'm going to pray around somebody else? If you've ever been in a church service, you've ever been in a revival service, you've ever been, you've ever been a guest at another church, or you've ever been somewhere, even even here, and you listen to somebody else that has that has got up to open the service in prayer or close the service in prayer or, or praying over the offering. or I, I loved it whenever I would go to uh, revival services or go somewhere and I'm, pr- I'm, I'm preaching and I'm doing that. And, and I've gone somewhere and I'm listening to them pray over the offering. And I actually was in a church service one time and I was listening. They was taking up the offering. And they started to, y'all, please don't think I'm trying to make fun of nobody. Don't think that. I'm not doing that. But they got up and they started to pray they're praying over the tithes and offerings, and they, they was praying for the salvation of these folks, and they was praying for the deliverance in this area, and they was, they was praying for over, over this over here. And we, pray for the, we pray for the President of the United States, and we pray for this. and we pray, In Jesus' name, amen. Do y'all, do y'all see something missing? They was there to pray over the tithes and offerings, and they never once mentioned the tithes and offerings. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? What we've got to understand is when we pray, when we're praying privately, we're actually spending that time, don't take this the wrong way, but we're spending that time in practice. We're in prayer practice. If you get it, these folks that, these folks that are playing basketball and football and baseball, they practice, they go to, they go to the, uh, uh, they go to the baseball field and they spend times, hours and hours and hours in practice. My my nephew plays, or one time was playing baseball, and he would go to the the the, the pitching uh, the pitching machines, and somebody is there feeding the baseballs into the pitching machine, and it's fast pitch, it's fast pitch twenty four seven, and that's all he's doing is he's pitch there somebody's pitching the ball to him, and that's all he's doing is just hitting the ball. He, that's all he's doing. He's hitting the ball. Why is he doing that privately? Why isn't it? Because he wants to get better at it. So whenever he's on the field with everybody else, when it's team practice time, it's not focusing on him hitting the ball. And I hope all the other players are doing that. It is more about the team working together as a unit. Does that make sense? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So we've got to spend time at home in our private time, in our prayer closet, we've got to spend time in private prayer practice. Does that make sense? Now watch this. Matthew chapter 14, 
and 23. Matthew 14 and 23. Jesus has been preaching. Jesus has been delivering the word. Jesus, does that make, I mean, think about that. Jesus was delivering the word of God. Jesus was the word of God. Jesus was delivering the word of God. Jesus was preaching. And the Bible, and the scripture says in Matthew 14 and 23, it says, Jesus dismissed the crowds and he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Jesus went up onto the mountaintop by himself to pray. Jesus did not always have a time that he had everybody else around him. He also spent time by himself to pray. And if you think you don't need to spend time by yourself to pray, Jesus is the Son of God, and he had to have time by himself to pray to the Heavenly Father. He had to have that time. We have to have that time to, to pray to our Heavenly Father. Amen? Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Mark 1 and 35 and it says this. He rose up early in the morning. It was still dark. He departed and went to a desolate place and there he prayed. He got up early in the morning. So we just, we just read the scripture. He just got through with church service, so to speak. He just got through with time where he's preaching. He just got through with the crowd, and he went to the mountaintop to pray. So after the job was done, let's look at it in that aspect. After the job was done, after he's preached, after he's ministered, after he's delivered the word, he has, got, he has gone to find himself a quiet place to pray. That was the first verse we read. The second verse we read was early in the morning before anything gets started, he went and found himself a place to pray. So Jesus, by example, has already told us after we're done with what we're doing and first thing before anything gets started, we need to find a place to pray. So you think about that. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16. He would withdraw to a desolate places and pray. He withdrew to desolate places. It's very important for us to understand that it was places. It was not one place. It is multiple places. So anytime that he found himself when he needed to, needs to draw strength from God, he withdrew to find a place a quiet place, a desolate place to get along with God to pray. How many times have we went throughout the day, we went out through our life, and we just we feel like that everything, the rustle and bustle, we feel like that everything is just piling in on top of us. We feel like that we cannot handle anymore. I feel like I'm about to explode. And we just need to find that quiet place to go alone and get somewhere alone to pray. We feel that way. He felt that way. Does that make sense? He would get to that time where he said, All right, look, I've got to find a quiet place to pray. I've got to find a desolate place to pray. I've told you all before, great places to pray. In your vehicle going down the interstate, wonderful place to pray. Why? Pray. Why? You need safety in your travel. <laughs> People don't know how to drive on the interstate. So it's a great place to play. 
to pray. What we've also got to understand is whenever things feels rough, things feels like it's turned upside down, nobody else is listening to me. Nobody else cares what I'm going through. Everything seems to be just turned upside down, inside out, every which way. Jesus, those points in times, he found a desolate place to pray. We must understand that even in our times of life now, we're bit. People are busier now than we was 20 years ago. Does anybody feel that way? I don't know about you. I feel like I'm busier now than I was 20 minutes ago at times. But what we've got to understand is even in those times where we feel like we're so busy, things are going so all different directions, we've still got to find a place to pray. Luke chapter 9 Verse 18, Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, there's times we've got, I've already mentioned this, we've got to spend time praying alone. We've got to be by ourselves. I hear this all the time where where people are spending time with family time in prayer. Wonderful, hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. However, you've got to have that time that is just you and God. It's nobody else. It's just you and God. Oh, but Brother Andy, I want to have my spouse. I want to have my children. I want to have, I want to have, I got it. I understand that. But you've got to have that time just you and God and nobody else. If anybody, if Jesus had to have it, we definitely got to have it. Amen. So the next thing that we look at is publicly, publicly. Next aspect we're going to look at is publicly. Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 25. At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. There's times that we need to play, pray publicly. We need to pray publicly. Jesus is right in the middle of he's explaining, going through parables. I had somebody just the other night that said, I don't understand when Jesus, I'm reading my Bible. I said, great. I said, I haven't read my Bible in quite some time. And I, I thought, I thought it was started this year, I wanted to start reading my Bible. I said, wonderful. So they said, they started off in Genesis. I said, okay. They said, then I realized very, this is what they're telling me. They said, they realized very quickly, Jesus, or Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, is a, that's a deep read and that's a lot of stuff. And so I said, I, I, they said, I skipped over to Matthew. They said they started reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I said, was it easier reading? And they said, oh, yeah, a lot easier. Said they hadn't read in a long time, and so they wanted to start reading their Bible this year. Do you know, as busy and as crazy and as chaotic and as wild as 2024 is, I told somebody the other day, I was talking to them, and I said, that I had called somebody and they answered the phone and I said, I don't know about you, but I sure have enjoyed these thousand days in the year 2024. 
They said, I sure have too. I don't know about you, but it feels like it, 2024 has been a long year, and it's only February the 7th. It feels like that 2024 has been an extremely long year, and it's only the 7th day of February, only the 7th day of the second month. And so, But I, I will tell you this, I have had more and more and more and more people that don't go to church, don't profess any kind of religious affiliation, and y'all might y'all know my feeling on the word religion. They 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 don't express any religious affiliation. That all of a sudden they feel like that they need to start reading their Bible. I'm gonna tell you something, church. Now is the day of the harvest, and we need to be laborers in the field gathering the harvest into the house of God. Amen. This could be the exact year that Jesus comes back and we need to be ready in the harv- in the fields for the harvest. Amen. There's more and more people that are tired of fake Christianity and want real stuff. Amen. But what but what Jesus is doing right here, this I've got somewhere I'm going with this. Jesus is doing right here in Matthew 11:25 is exactly what this young man told me the other day. He said, I've been reading the parables of Jesus, and Jesus, I, I don't understand the parables. I don't understand what he's talking about. I said, well, which one are you talking about? He said, well, for example, the lost coin. I said, okay. I said, think of it like this. I said, me and this guy, we talk guns all the time. Me and him, we, I mean, that's just one of our conversations that we have is me and him talk about guns all the time. And so I told him, I said, the parable of the lost coin, this is, what, this is what Jesus was saying. I said, there was a guy one day that he was cleaning his gun. I know it sounds silly, doesn't it? There was a guy one day he was cleaning his gun, and so what he did is he took all of the ammunition out of his, out of his gun clip, and he started cleaning, and he got to counting the bullets, and he's missing one. So he gets in the floor and he moves the couch, he moves the furniture and he's trying to find that lost bullet because bullets are very expensive and he's grinning the whole time and he's shaking it. Brother Kevin, he's doing this number. So I get done telling him about this guy cleaning his gun, cleaning all the ammunition, wiping it all down, putting everything that together and he found the lost bullet and he puts everything together and he's so excited and happy about that. I explained all of it to him. I said, does that make sense? He said, yeah, it does. I said, that's the lost coin. He's, man, that makes sense. Now think of it. Think of it this. Now watch this. Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus declared, I thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden the things from the wise and those that thinks they know something, but you've revealed it to the little children. Jesus is praying openly to the Father in front of all of these learned folks, all of these religious leaders, all of the fake Christians. Let's just go ahead and say it. He's thanking God. He says, thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing me to be able to explain what your word is to the little children. He's not talking about the little children like Amelia and Skylar. He is talking, or Hudson or any of those, or Natalie. He's not talking about little children in that aspect. He's talking about little children as those that have just gotten saved. 
those that have just come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, those that are hungry and thirsty after God. That's who he's referring to, amen? So let's go on. We also find in Scripture where we talk about in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26, when Jesus is there in the upper room with the disciples, He's there in the upper room with the disciples. Now, I want you to really think about something. Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, with Judas, the one that Jesus knows is going to portray him. I've had so many people to tell me, I know that somebody's being mean to me, and I know that somebody's being ugly to me, and you know what, it's so hard to just greet them with a, with a handshake and a smile on my face. You know what I do? They're being mean to me, they're being ugly to me. I have people tell me this all the time. They're being mean to ugly to me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into the church house and I'm going to sit on one side of the sanctuary and they can sit on the other side of the sanctuary and we all be happy together. But you know what I heard just yesterday? I heard from some, we was a bunch of pastors was sitting together and you know what I heard yesterday? This pastor said, you know what the hardest thing to do about church? I'm revealing something to y'all. Well, this pastor said, he's, you know what the hardest thing to do about church is to go in and hug people's necks and shake hands when you, when you, as the pastor of that church, know that that person has got it out for you and you're going to hug their neck and shake their hands and say, how are you doing, and go forward like nothing is wrong. That's what that guy just, that's what a pastor said yesterday in a meeting. But you know what Jesus did? This is what Jesus did. In Matthew 26 and 26, he is there in the midst of, Judas Iscariot is right there sitting three seats down from him. I don't know where he was sitting at in the room. I'm saying he was sitting three seats down from him. And you know what he did, Kevin? He said, bless this bread that we're about to partake. Jesus breaks this bread and hands it to every disciple, including Judas, who he knows in 15 minutes is going to go portray him. Jesus did that. And Jesus prayed publicly that what? He says, Jesus took the bread and blessed it, broke the bread, and gave it to all of the disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. What we've got to understand is we may be in the presence of somebody that is about to portray us to the Roman guard and we need to still pray that God would bless them publicly in front of others. We need to be that example. Luke 11 verse 1. Luke 11 verse 1. Jesus was playing, praying in a certain place, and then when he finished praying, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. One commentary that I read says that the disciple here almost interrupted Jesus when Jesus was in his private time praying. Now, I, don't, I wasn't there. I haven't seen a video of this happening. I wasn't there whenever the disciples was gathered around Jesus and, and all of a sudden one of them almost interrupted him. But we see the excitement in one of the disciples. Jesus is praying publicly. The disciples is in the room with them. And as soon as Jesus was finishing praying, the disciple in excitement said, Lord, teach us to pray 
as John has taught his disciples to pray. We need to be able to pray openly that our children, that our spouse that may not be saved, that our aunts and our uncles, that our family that's around us, that we need to pray openly so that somebody in the room will say, would you help me learn how to pray? You know, not everybody under your roof knows how to pray. Maybe not everybody that is coming to visit for Thanksgiving at your house is going to know how to pray. Maybe not every all of your friends and your family is going to know how to pray. You might have that opportunity to be praying over the meal. You might have that opportunity that you're, that you're alone in, in a room or you think you're alone and you're praying and somebody's walked in and they're quiet until you finish praying and they realize that you're a praying person and they're going to say, would you help me learn how to pray? Well, what an what a awesome opportunity that we have to be able to help somebody else. Why? Because they saw us, they heard us praying publicly. I've had people to tell me before, they've said, they've said, oh no, when you come in the, into a sanctuary like this and it's time to pray, you're supposed to pray privately. You're supposed to be quiet. I don't find that in scriptures anywhere. Somebody will say, well, that's what Hannah did as she was praying. No, actually the, actually the priest thought she was drunk because, she, because he was seeing her praying. But he couldn't understand all the words that was coming from her lips. What we've got to understand is there's times that we are quiet times of prayer. And there's times where we come in and we pray and we cry out to God because I need God to hear me. Now, y'all know that God will hear the quiet prayers and the boisterous prayers at the same time. But we've also got to understand is we need to have that time of praying so somebody else might hear us pray. And it will build them up. We also need to know that we need to pray publicly because in John, in John chapter 17, John chapter 17 and verse 1, Jesus spake, spoke these words and he lifted his eyes unto the heaven and he said, Father, the hour has now come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. I don't know about you, but I know about where, about where Jesus is at right now. He's gone through the beating. He's gone through the agony. He's gone through the despair. He's gone through persecution. He's th gone through ridicule. He's gone through everything that imaginable that can happen. And what does he pray? He says, Father, glorify me, your son, so that I can glorify you. It doesn't matter. Jesus was praying openly and publicly so all could hear why? Because he needed them to know that no matter the persecution, no matter the pain, no matter the agony, no matter the despair, no matter the depression, no matter the anxiety, no matter what I'm going through, I want to give God glory. I want to give God honor for all that I'm going through. Amen? We also need to know, third thing, provision. Provision. We need to pray for Provision. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11 tells us this. Matthew 6 and verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day 
our daily bread. Around Thanksgiving time, you'll hear this a lot. Around Thanksgiving time, you'll hear this phrase a lot. You'll hear people say, what if you only had tomorrow what you give God thanks for today? Well, why is it only at Thanksgiving? Why is it only at November time that we're giving God thanks for what we've got? But what we've got to understand is that God is giving us something because we've given Him thanks for something else. Matthew 6 and 11 tells us, give us this day our daily bread. Does anybody remember, does anybody remember the children of Israel when they was going around in the wilderness and, and God told them through Moses, He said, only get what you need for today. Don't get more than for what you need. Those that got more than what they needed for that day, guess what happened? It, it burnt. It was burnt. It spoiled. There was maggots on it. It was bad. But if they got what they needed for that day, it was good, right? They got up the next morning, they thought, uh-huh, I've already gotten ahead on this thing. I'm, I'm already going ahead of this. I'm, I've got extra. And they opened up the basket, and it was bad stuff. Nasty. It was it was rent. What we've got that's an Alabama word, rent. Y'all, there's a new pastor over oh Lord, I'm on high feet. Oh well, it'll be all right. There's a new pastor over at Harvest Center. He's from Michigan. He don't y'all, this is no joke. I'm having to help him out. He don't know what kudzu is. Dirt daubers. Fleas, spiders, and snakes. He said, Alabama's got a whole slew of all these types of snakes and spiders and stuff. We don't have this stuff up in Michigan. I said, welcome to Alabama. Two weeks ago, he said, I sure will be glad when all this weather settles down where people, where people's not afraid to get out and do things anymore. I said, wait five minutes. It'll be all right. Weather will change. Weather, exactly, weather will change. But what we've got to realize and understand, it, that's where I got rent. I mean, you know, rent, that's a that's an Alabama word. I'll have to teach that one to you. But what we've got to understand is when we give God blessing, when we bless over what God's given us today, give us to this day our daily bread. Whenever we ask God to bless what we've got for this day, that God is going to bless what we've got. Do you know what the word blessing is? Blessing actually happens when as a multiplication. It blesses, it multiplies, it increases it. Bless this, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're blessing that. We're asking the blessing. We're asking God would multiply that to meet our needs for this day. Do you know why I think that we need to do that every day? Because we don't need to take advantage of what God's done for our life. If we take advantage of what God's done, then we might not wake up tomorrow morning and give God thanks for what we have that day. Amen? You don't think that God will bless? You don't think God will give provision? You don't think God will multiply? Well, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19 tells us this. Matthew 14 and verse 19, it says this. Jesus tells the disciples, he says, Order the crowds 
to sit down on the grass. Take the five loaves and the two fishes. He looked up into the heavens and he gave God thanks for what he had. What was there before him. There's 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. There is in essence could have been 15,000 people there that day. There could have been more. That's just with every man having a spouse, one spouse. Remember in that Bible, in Bible times they had more than one spouse. Okay, I'm going on that. They could have had two or three wives. <laughs> every man, woman, and child that was there that day, he says, tell them all to sit down. He takes the five loaves and the three fishes. He blesses it. And they start to break it. And they distribute the disciples, the 12 disciples, they start distributing it out among the crowd. Then a little bit later, they start. They, every, every disciple grabs a basket and they don't want nothing to go to waste. They start gathering the leftovers. Now, I don't know about you. Does anybody know that I'm a germaphobe? Has anybody ever heard that? Nobody's ever seen that, right? I just, <laughs> they're doing me. I, I'm a germaphobe. I, I, I don't, I just really, am, I, I don't understand. I can't wrap my brain around that you're going to take food that I have put near my mouth and you're going to take it and put it in this basket where everybody else's food is in their mouth and you're going to put it in this basket and you're going to gather it all up. I'm going to say, I didn't have no leftovers. I eat all mine. I don't know about all that. But think about that. He gathered all of it up, all of the leftovers, all that was left, and 12 basket loaves, 12 baskets full is what was left over. Now tell me that five loaves and two fishes are going to fill 12 baskets. It's not going to happen. That is the God that we serve. When we pray and ask God to bless for provision, God will provide. We just got to have faith that God's going to do it. Could you imagine the guy that was sitting on the very back row, him and his wife and his son, they sitting on the very back row, and all of a sudden these 12 disciples starts handing out. Do you know what that guy did? He looked at his son, he, probably, he said, look, son, we ain't getting nothing to eat. We ain't going to get nothing to eat. they starting all the way at the very front. By the time they get to the back, it's going to be long gone. Could you imagine that guy's surprise whenever, whenever, the, whenever Luke, one of the disciples, walks up to him and says, Oh, here's you some fish. Here's you some bread. That guy looks at him and says, Where'd this come from? I figured y'all be out thousands of people ago. But guess what? All the way to the very last one. Everybody had something to eat. What was the miracle that day? There were several miracles that day. Number one, everybody got something to eat. Number two, there was 12 baskets full of leftovers. Number three, everybody sat down and be quiet. Everybody waited patiently for 12 people to pass out loaves and fishes. That was 
very much a miracle. Brother Andy, how do you figure that's a miracle? Have you ever been in a restaurant when they say the waiting limp, wait time is going to be 30 minutes? Everybody leaves, right? Because I ain't getting my food right now. They had to wait. They had a wait time of over 30 minutes. But they waited. Why? Because they were there to hear from the master. Amen? Let's go on. Uh, you, you can take a look at Matthew chapter 14 and 19 for that one. Mark chapter 6 and verse 41 for that one as well. We've got to understand God wants us to pray for provision. Amen? Now here's one that probably nobody's going to write down. Nobody's going to go back and look up. Look up. Nobody's going to really watch for this one. But Jesus also taught us to pray, this is the fourth one, long prayers. Long prayers. We're writing that down and we're marking that one off. We don't want the long prayers. But Jesus prayed long prayers. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. There's times that we just need to spend our time talking to God. We're going through something rough. We're go, you know, I'd ask you, if you're going through a rough time, raise your hand. But everybody in here would raise your hand, right? I could ask, has anybody ever faced a financial situation? Everybody in here with a hand would go up. If you're facing that time where there's a medical situation going on that you really need God to do, to do a move in, everybody's hand would go up. You or somebody you know. There's times that we need to spend time in prayer. And I'm not talking about this now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I'm talking about truly spend time in prayer. Luke chapter 6 verse 12 says this. Luke 6 12. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night. He continued in prayer to God. All night long, he prayed. He sought God. He said, God, I need you to move. God, I need you to touch. God, I need you to move in this situation. Heavenly Father, I need this to happen. in our." And then not only did he pray, but he stopped to listen for God to answer. Not only did... Jesus prayed long prayers, but we also know that he prayed the next one. I don't know what number I'm on, but the next one, I think it's the fifth one. He prayed short prayers. You could take a look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46. Matthew 27 and 46. Jesus is on the cross, and at the ninth hour of the day, Jesus cried with a loud voice. He said, Eli, Eli, lama shabachtani. My God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Or you could also look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 41 and 42. John 11, 41 and 42. Jesus looked up, lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always would hear my prayer. But on the account of these people standing here, Answer so that they would believe you sent me. 
Jesus not only prayed long prayers, but he prayed short prayers. And he prayed this prayer openly so that those around would hear this short prayer. It wouldn't lose their attention span. It wouldn't get them lost. But he prayed a short prayer so that they knew that the very next thing that happened was none other than God moving. What we've got to understand is we, there's times that we need to pray a short prayer because God's wanting to do something right then, right there, and God's wanting to work. So it's time for a short prayer. I've had people come to an altar and they'll want me to pray over them. And I'll pray, God, you see what's happening. In Jesus' name, God, move. Amen. And I'll go on to the next person. And, and I've, come, I've had to come back to that person and say, you didn't pray long enough. Y'all, this is no joke. I was in a revival service. Well, it actually wasn't, a re, it re, wasn't really a revival service. It was a, it was, it was a watch night service, and they called it a, a, they called it revival bringing the new year in or something to that effect. And I, I was preaching this watch night, watch night services on New Year's Eve. They got me up, and I started preaching at 11 o'clock, and I was supposed to, I was supposed to quit preaching uh, just before noon, uh, just before midnight, so that everybody could get into an altar and pray. And I started preaching at eleven o'clock that night, and and we realized what the next time was. We realized at two a.m. They forgot to flag me. It wasn't that I was preaching that whole time. We was we was truly in an altar praying. But this is what I was going to tell you: is there was a lady that I was praying that I was going, I was praying with people in the altar, and, and I was praying for this lady, and and I, I prayed for, her and I went to the next person, and I was praying, and I was, and and. And she moved from here, she moved down. I was going down the line, I was praying for folks. She moved from here down to there. And I was praying for her again, and, and I kept going. And she moved from there to the next spot. And I and I kept thinking, you got a twin or a triple? I mean, what's going on? I thought I knew she looked familiar. And so when the third time when I started praying for her, God, you see what's going on in life? You, she said, look, you're going to have to pray longer than that. I got a lot of things going on, and I need you to I need you to really pray about all this stuff. I said, I, told her, I, said, I said, young lady, God's wanting to touch your life. If you'll just let him, it's not the length of the prayer that's the key. It's what God's wanting to do in your life. But she thought it was the length of the prayer that was going to get her an answer. She didn't understand why I didn't want to hear... Please don't misunderstand me. When we're in an altar, I, I want I want to hear what you've got to say. I want to I want to I want to I want to pray what you've got to pray. But there's uh, what you want to pray for. But there's times that God is just wanting to move. And I promise you, I know this is going to shock some folks. I don't have to know what's going on in your life. God already does. God already knows. But she felt like that she needed to tell me everything that was going on in her life. And so she started. She started. She started telling me the telling me all the things, and 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 I just and God just kept telling me, just lay your hand on her head, just lay your hand on her head, just. And I kept listening. I was like, I kept listening to what she was saying, and I was like, I don't want to interrupt her. And God just kept telling me, just lay your hand on her head, just lay your hand on her head. About that time, I said, Okay, God, Heavenly Father, move in her life. And she's still just a talking. She's still telling me, and I just went. And it's, I, did, I didn't no more touch her head. She went out. In the, she she fell out in the spirit, and she laid there for thirty minutes. I said, God's listening to her now. What we've got to realize and understand, it's not the length of the prayer, it's the substance of the prayer. Amen? We, all, we also understand, I 
was going to try to finish this tonight. See where I'm at. Oh, Lord, help me. We need to pray for our friends. We need to pray for our friends. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13. It says this. The children were brought to him that he would lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked the people. The disciples rebuked him and said, no, don't, uh -uh, don't bother the master. Let me tell you something. Jesus tells us unless we come to him as a little child, he's not talking about guy, guy, goo, goo. Okay? I promise you, I promise you right now, Natalie probably has a, she might have a pacifier in her mouth. Maybe. Or she's got a bottle. Maybe. But what we've got to realize is God's tired of, tired of Christians that has pacifiers and bottles in their mouth. But what God is also wanting us is he's wanting us to come to him with the faith of a child. Amen. We've got to have the faith of a child to go to him and ask that he would do for us. But we also find in Luke chapter 22, Luke 22 and 32, we find that Jesus was praying for them that they would be strengthened and he called them brothers. Jesus teaches us we need to pray for our friends. There's anybody we need to pray for. We need to pray for those that are our friends. But you know what we also need to do? We've got to pray for our next one, enemies. We've got to pray for those that are evil to us. We've got to pray for those that are persecuting us. And I'm not telling you to pray for them that the mosquitoes would pick them up and take them away. That, not that kind of prayer. Exactly. What we've got to do is we've got to pray for our enemies. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 says this. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. There is a, there's people that I might would think was doing me wrong. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes it's very hard to pray for them. Except I pray for the boils to come up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I've never, that I remember, I've never prayed that on anybody, okay? But we've got to pray for them. But do you know how I pray for those that, are, that, that get ugly at me, those that, those that ridicule me, those that, those that tries to be mean to me? And I'm not crying about anybody being mean to me because I can promise you I have the skin of a rhinoceros, so it doesn't do it. I, I got big boy britches on. I'm talking about, do you know how I pray for those folks? I pray, God, change me. Change me that we can work together in harmony. We've got to pray for those that persecute us. You know what Jesus also says? Luke chapter 23 and 34. Luke 23 and 34. I got, man, get two more minutes. Come on. Luke 23 and 34. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you know where Jesus is at? He's hanging on the cross at this time between heaven and earth. And he's doing what? He, they've nailed him to the cross. He's hanging there. He's hanging just like this. And he's looking down and he's saying, Father, forgive them. For they that just hung me on this, on this cross, they don't know what they have done. He's asking God to forgive them. Last thing. 
last thing, we need to pray for ourselves. There ain't nobody going to pray for you like you will. If you and your next door neighbor needs a million dollars each, you know, you know who you're going to pray for to get the million dollars first? Yourself. We need to pray for ourselves. Matthew chapter 26 and 39. No, we should never pray for ourselves. You know what? The Bible tells us in Matthew 26 and 39, Jesus says this. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. We've got to pray for ourselves. We've got to hold ourselves up to God in prayer. We've got to ask God to give us strength. We've got to ask God to give us encouragement. Because nobody knows what you're going through like your heavenly Father. Now you need to understand something. You don't learn by looking. You don't learn by listening. You don't learn by reading alone. You learn by doing it. Earlier today, I read a story. This last thing, last thing. Earlier today, I, I read a story about a fish. This species of fish lives in a stream in the bottom of a cave in Kentucky. This particular species of fish is blind. This particular spe species of fish does not see with their eyes. Why? Because earlier in the life of this species of fish, they could see, but the darkness of the cave caused them to gradually, over time, they ceased using their eyes for sight, and now this particular species of fish is blind. They cannot see. Why, why, why is this important to you and I? This is important for you and I because we learn to walk by walking. We learn to eat by eating. But prayerless folks are those that have never prayed or those who have ceased to pray. And they've lost the ability to pray because they have lost that will to pray. What we've got to understand is if we want the ability to pray, we want the will to pray, then, oh, it's, gonna, it's so hard. I don't know. It's so hard. I, I try to pray, and all of a sudden I fall asleep. That's okay. When you wake up, start praying again. You'll get yourselves in the habit. Start praying. Just if I, I, I've never, I don't pray during the day. Take five minutes and pray. That five minutes will turn into ten minutes. That ten minutes will turn into twenty minutes. Prayer is similar to everything about life. You learn to pray by praying. You can't learn to pray if you don't pray. But Brother Andy, I, I don't elegantly pray. I don't, I don't pray good. I, I, don't, I, I pray haphazardly. I pray and it, it's like my speech is not good. I'm going to tell you something. Eventually you'll learn to pray by praying. Amen? Amen. Live feed, thank you so much for being with us. Join us back Sunday school, Sunday morning at 945. Worship at 11. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer live feed. Thank you so much for being with us. May God bless you.